You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Twenty twenty is in the box. Welcome to twenty twenty one. How are we all feeling? First podcast of the year. GP, great to see you. It's been a while. How are you? Fantastic. Amazing. So happy that less people died last year than the year before. That oh, we are no. actually able to keep through this presidency and through this administration. I'm not saying, but I'm not giving him all the credit or any credit, but we had less deaths last year than we did the year before. Pretty amazing. Well, that depends on what network you're watching. CNN would have you believe otherwise, but we'll get to no, that. No, they, they, we'll, they, won't, we'll they won't even they won't even say there's more deaths. I know they won't, but they're hyping it up like there is more deaths, but there's actually not. But we can talk about that here in a bit. Uh, we need to go around the room. We've got a full lineup tonight. Oh, we've sorry. got a lot of guests. You're good. We got a lot of guests. And so we've got a lot to uh, discuss this evening. Mr. Foster, welcome to 2021. How are you? I'm ecstatic. I can't wait for all this to unfold over the next couple of weeks. I'm really excited. Um, you know, it's the old Chinese curse. May you live in interesting times. And that's what we're doing. And we will talk a little bit about China tonight, of course, but we will get around to that. Bruce, how are you this evening? Welcome to 2021. Healthy and alive. Um, I am done painting, not literally done painting. I'm done painting as in I'm tired of it. I've had enough. I don't want any more. And I still have another room to paint. So, oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about landscapes or portraits. It's rooms. Yeah, that's boring. Yeah, rooms, hallway, and bathroom. That that's on the to do list for later. But currently, it's I have to do three bedrooms, and we got two of them down: the master and one of the other bedrooms. Now we have another bedroom. So, it's got way more space than the World Economic Forum would suggest you should have. True. That, that is, is true. true. That is true. How dare you? How dare you have more than a 200 square foot domicile, you evil, evil person. We're going to have to do something about that. But uh, before we get to that, uh, I'd like to introduce a very special guest. You're joining us this evening. First time you've been on, though you have listened to us before. Uh, and we appreciate you taking the time to be on with us tonight. Mr. David Hamilton, how are you this evening, sir? Well, I'm ecstatic like uh, Marty, but uh, shall we say uh, sarcastically ecstatic and awaiting for the announcement of Tier 5 for the whole of the United Kingdom to see what uh, Boju is going to do for us next. Okay, let's um, let's go ahead and get into that. Now, you got in contact with Marty, and you decided that you wanted to come on because, quite frankly, I think you're just as sick of everything as the rest of us are, uh, and as most of our listeners are around the world. So let's just start with that, which we already know that Tier 5 is coming. No one seems to understand at this point what it is. It's all speculation at this point. And of course, once there's a Tier 5, then there's going to be a Tier 6, a Tier 7, and then until they run out of numbers, I guess. But let's start with you. Let's, let's go through a brief bit of your background now and we we kind of talked a little bit about that beforehand but you are a retired policeman is that correct absolutely yeah yep and what exactly as as a retired policeman what exactly with everything that you're seeing here what what is the most concerning thing well maybe that's it maybe that's a bad question to ask but compared to the time when you were on the job 
as compared to now. What's your standpoint on the aspect of the police now and the actions that they're taking across the UK that you're seeing? Totally dismayed by it all. I cannot imagine that my colleagues of the past would have acted in the way that some of the officers are acting now. Some of the videos I have seen, albeit some of them may not be fully true, if you understand what I mean. Um, you, but you never see the whole story, do you? That's the, that's the thing. In, in that's a lot what I'm of saying. Yeah. yeah. But um, when I see the Met Police taking the knee, as they call it, in front of the Black Lives Matter crowd, that absolutely shocked and dismayed me. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen. Plus, it seems that the way they treat people, bundling an old woman into the back of a van the other week, I saw, I'd say an old woman, probably a woman uh, of my age, and I'm pretty old, as you can probably see. But to do that, um, and the manner in which they treat people, it seems that we over here in the UK are getting a police force more like the French, at CRS, and it, it just... I just find it hard to credit. I just think, no, I'm glad I'm not in there now. No, no, glad that I'm not in the police service. I was just going to say that, you know, I've seen these videos as well, and it's always uh, up for debate as to who's in the wrong, who's in the right. But I think what David is saying is the way in which people are taught within the police service to de-escalate and to treat people with respect is not being witnessed at the moment. It's almost like they've been told, forget about all that. If someone is protesting, take them down, take them down fast. And, you know, they're, they're breaking all the all the rules. We're policed by consent in the UK. And if someone isn't breaking the law, uh, then there's there's no right to detain them if they're not breaking the law. However, these guidelines, uh, which haven't been written into the statute books, are being treated as laws. And we're seeing the police respond to people breaking guidelines, not breaking laws. You know, I, th- I think it's along the lines of uh, you have to look at it from a psychological standpoint. I mean, the people that are running all this stuff, I'm talking about like the bureaucrats, the petty bureaucrats, the health department people. I mean, they've all got psychology people behind them, backing them up on how to do this stuff and to get these people in here to enforce this stuff. If you take and, and a lot of these studies have shown, if you look at uh, a lot of these psychological studies that they've done uh, after the end of the Second World War with a lot of these, um, well, really college kids, what they'll do is they'll bring them in. And they'll essentially put them through a a workshop just to see what they can get them to do. And that's essentially kind of what they've done here is they've allowed the public health departments to expand power through the enforcement of the state being the police departments. And of course, we haven't seen the military aspect of it yet because there's going to be a merger at some point. If we're following history, then we're going to see a merger at some point of military and police that are going to come together. So you'll have a militarized police state. That's what all this is about. So once the police get pushed back on at some point, then they'll start bringing in more. But it's the aspect of power that the average police officer out there now who doesn't have the years on the job, such as yourself that you had, but they have that initial spark of power that they're given. And it's that euphoric feeling that gives them a sense of purpose. So it drives them. And so they don't care about anything else. They're told they're, that they're doing the public good. They're protecting the people in society from whoever they're being told the threat is. And case in point, you're seeing it in, in parts of Canada. You're seeing it in the United States, in, uh, in across Europe, in the UK, in Australia. I mean, that's what's happening. But 
the thing to understand is, is that that right there is the driving force behind it. It's psychological. That's the part that's being pushed. You don't have an attitude from the average cop out there now that's to push back on the system because it's what you said last week, Marty. It's, well, they're stuck in a place where, well, they have a pension. Well, you're not going to have a pension. You're not going to have a pension. They're going to take all that stuff from you anyway. Where do we go from here? I I think that's the larger question is where do we go from here? Do we continue to allow uh, this to go on? Because, I mean, quite frankly, at this point, they've had little to no resistance. So why would they not push further? As you said, David, they're going to push ahead with a tier five because they haven't had any resistance to this yet. And I mean real resistance. I'm not talking about some protests out there. I mean an actual pushback. That hasn't happened yet. But as they continue to clamp down, that pushback's going to start to emerge at some point because you're going to you're going to trigger an awakening that's going to happen even faster. But I'm rambling here. You guys jump in there. Well, I was going to say I took the Queen shilling for the first time in 1983. And it was about a period of seven years without any major conflicts. And I had nothing but the utmost admiration for policemen and women, ambulance drivers, doctors and nurses, because they were doing the job that they trained to do 24-7, seven days a week. And me in the armed forces was just training and training and training. Admittedly, we had people serving in in the province in Northern Ireland, but by and large, our armed forces were doing nothing for quite a long period. Since 82, with the Falklands War, no major action until the Gulf War, which I I was involved with. But since then, with the Afghan War, our troops have been in contact with the enemy for longer than the people during the Second World War were. So they've had a massive retention problem because people did their tour of Afghanistan, then left. They're desperate to, they've got a massive recruitment problem now to get people back in because they they finally saw it was a dangerous job to have. And any of those that have experienced what they experienced in Afghanistan and those that, you know, if they're still in, they are not going to want to be part of this militarized police state. They are going to balk against that. The newbies, the ones straight out of Catrick, straight out of uh, HMS Rally and straight out of um, the REF one, I can never remember because they're not really part of the armed forces anyway. They spend more time in hotels than than training. You know, that they might be up for it. They might experience that thing that you said about the thrill of actually doing something, of having that little bit of power, walking around the streets of the UK armed. They might have, but the the old salts, I don't think they will. Well, I'm wondering how many military are actually in the UK police service, police force, uh, and what their response will be, shall we say, when it comes to the crunch. It very much depends on the level of indoctrination of the individual, because I've met some free thinkers within the military, but I've also met some people who are utterly brainwashed and indoctrinated. And there's a saying, don't fight the white, don't fight the system, do what you're told, uh, be there five minutes beforehand and obey the last order. You've got people like that, unfortunately, because it's not a requirement to have freedom of thought to join the armed forces. So here, it, it it could be. Here, Sorry, John, carry on. Here's no, no, no. Here's here's the thing, though. I mean, we're we're faced with a with a very 
perplexed situation because or it's a very perplexing situation because and I correct me if I'm wrong, but are, are the UK are, are you guys in the UK? Are you taking the same steps that a lot of US states are taking? They're releasing prisoners from prison because of uh, Corona, because of uh, contagious spread and all that stuff, whatever. Uh, it, it's all a bunch of nonsense, but we'll get into the Nightingale hospitals here shortly. But are they releasing prisoners? Because I, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the people that are going out and they're they're documenting the fact that a lot of your hospitals are empty and they're getting arrested. The people that are out there on the streets that are protesting, that are getting beat down by the Met in London, they're getting arrested. The ones that go to Trafalgar and protest, they're getting arrested. You're putting patriots and you're putting protesters in jail, but you're releasing the criminals. Is that what we're seeing in the UK as well? I can't really say anything much about... I mean, I've heard that they are criminals have been released, but what numbers that amounts to, I really don't know. But if that is the case, then we have obviously got it wrong. And and the 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 lady who recently, you've probably seen it, and you maybe the one you're referring to, John, that filmed the or videoed the hospital, the empty corridors and everything else, she was arrested in her own home uh, early hours of the morning, apparently. I watched the video this afternoon. And that is an absolute disgrace. And she was interviewed by uh, a blogger, I've forgotten his name, um, which was the video I watched, and how that woman must have felt, you know, just trying to show the truth of things. And she was held in a police station in a tiny uh, holding room for about one hour, and then uh, they attempted to interview you probably see the video yourself. You may not. But to put that woman through that, just because she's trying to show an alternative view, it, it absolutely disgusts me. I, I can't understand where we are heading here. Yeah, she was charged with suspicion of committing an offence under the Public Order Act. I don't know against which section. I think you'll find she hasn't been charged. She's got to go back on the 31st of this month to yeah, be re-interviewed. Ah. Yeah, she got bailed. Uh, she, she's out on it. Yeah, yeah. So what, that, what that's, she, uh, on what grounds was she arrested? Because there has to be suspicion or there has to be something. Yeah, Public Order Act. Public Order Act. And yeah. um, I said the other night on the podcast that that's a go-to get-out clause if they want to arrest you for something. Well, so would that be fair to say? Yeah. 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 That's so, a common um, one. You could use that for virtually anything. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's like a one-size-fits-all, we'll yeah. use this one and uh, we'll we'll think about the actual charge later. So yeah, she's got to appear a month, a, month later, a month later to be re-interviewed? Yeah, first. Yeah, and do you know, having occasionally been on the wrong side of things, that month for her is going to be horrible. She's going to be worried. She's going to be concerned about what they're going to do to her, what they're going to charge her with. And it's going to be a very unpleasant experience for her when all she was trying to do is raise awareness. And there was nothing that I could see in the video that she posted, the original one, when she's walking around Royal Gloucester Hospital, that that broke any laws. I would imagine the hospital pushed for her arrest, the hospital themselves, as opposed to, you know, any member of the public complaining. Yeah. Probably they got her on video in the hospital. I I don't know. Then they saw it was on social media. And they pushed that. Again, pushed we, that. we're only getting part of the story. Well, let's, um, yeah. let's, we're, we're, let's. We're only getting part of the story again. We don't know what happened before. Right. 
let's um let, let's look at the fact that okay she was in that hospital and uh, marty i sent you a couple of other videos you you had a look at those of other people in different cities showing the same exact thing in different hospitals completely empty so it's not the only place what was it uh sorry gloucestershire sorry yeah, the, the town was Gloucester. The, the okay, county Gloucester, yeah. Gloucestershire. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, I, was, I wanted to make sure that I pronounced it correctly. That way, <laughs> you know, you didn't at come least at it wasn't it. Worcestershire because you have That's real true. trouble with that. I do. Yeah. yeah, I have a real problem with that. And vociferous, I have a problem with that as well. Oh, well, vocaferious. Yes. Yeah. Small, small vocaferious. Vocaferious. Uh, small yeah. round of applause for, for but, Johnny. But okay, she she's showing this empty hospital. Okay, and people are showing empty hospitals in other parts of the UK as well. This is the same thing that's going on in the US. But when the mainstream media shows up, BBC, Sky News, ITV, Channel 4, any of them, when they show up, or the same here, uh, they, they show stock footage and they get a bunch of people out there to line up of people that they probably paid to stand out there. Because when you go buy these things, they're empty. I've got two hospitals, two, where I live. I live in a town of 15,000 people. And these two hospitals not only service this town, but the two surrounding towns on either side of it. They're empty. They're completely empty, but we're completely locked down. We've been locked down for like two months, completely. There's no excuse for it, none. But when you watch the mainstream media, it's Cases, 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 corona, corona, corona. Hospitals are overflowing. They're at capacity. They're surging. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. But if you go down there, then you, you're the one that gets arrested. So the UK, yeah. the UK, you guys had Nightingale hospitals that were erected, cost the British taxpayer 220 million pounds to build these things. Same in the US, what they did at Javits Center in the, in the US, uh, in New York City. Uh, they built centers in Chicago as well. Can't remember the name of them, but they did these in uh, in major American cities. They called in the two hospitals, the two Navy hospital ships that we have, the Comfort and the Mercy, put one in New York, but one in Los Angeles to handle the surges. And there were no surges. We actually had to send the ships away. We had to close the hospitals, uh, the, the, cent- the emergency centers that they built up. Javits took, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of six or seven patients. The Nightingale hospitals took four, four, four patients. But now that everyone's going around and showing that these hospitals are empty. And of course, the flu cases have pretty much disappeared. They're not counting flu anywhere. Nowhere. The seasonal flu has been dismissed. (laughs) Hasn't bothered to show up. But now they've reactivated these Nightingale hospitals. So just as they've closed these things down and they've emptied them out and they started to tear them down, now that people are starting to get wise to all this, since they don't have the crisis, now they they need to go back to manufacturing more of it. And of course, flu patients that you would normally have that are not being counted, they're being counted as COVID, are now going to be sent to these places. And it's going to look like they actually have uh, people that are going into these things. And you're going to see this new uh, mutant strain that everyone's so terrified of that no one's even actually seen. If you go the, um, to, if you think about the, the the London Nightingale Hospital, Richard Tice from the Brexit Party has been there twice. You may have seen that. And he says that the, the hospital has been totally disbanded. The equipment has been moved out. There is nothing oh, yes. there. It was an empty all. room. It was a completely empty yeah. room. Yep. All the beds were out. All uh, the, the instruments were moved out. Everything was gone. I was yep. talking to someone in the know today, and uh, apparently it's been re reinstated. But it's starting to be populated again with beds and personnel. And I personally, my cynical mind, thinks that's as a response to these videos showing empty hospitals. If you go to the Nightingale one, Richard Tice went there and he said that everything had gone. Where, yeah, where have they, 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 how have they now got it all back? Yeah, where from? Where from? Where's it come good, from? Where, good where's question. it been stored? Beds, ventilators, all the yeah. rest of the stuff. 
where they brought it back from. Probably from the hospitals that they emptied to put it into. The other thing to consider with all of this, NHS staff, frontline staff, the ones working in the ICUs, the ones that are working on the isolation wards for COVID, had to go into bubbles. They had to move into separate accommodation, live apart from their families. A lot of the other people within the NHS are also being quarantined and you know told to go away from work. They actually, by testing and, and proving that people had been in contact with COVID, they actually depleted the overall workforce of the NHS using it this way. So, of course, it's going to be inundated to a certain degree because you're operating with approximately 50% of your staff. The idea of the Nightingale hospitals were to be operated by volunteers, one or two professionals and professionals from the military, from the Navy, Army and Air Force as well were supposed to be in those hospitals. And of course, some people were sent there. The news I have today when having this discussion uh, with this person who is in the know says that they've started to reinstate them and started to reopen them. But of course, with your normal NHS hospitals reduced in manpower, person power, sorry, shouldn't use gender related language, they're struggling. And of course, it is seasonal flu time. So it's always busy in NHS hospitals at this time of year. It's no great surprise. This is coming out of the NHS at the moment. Uh, they're saying with more than 50,000 new daily cases of COVID-19 in the last four days, uh, which I saw that last night, the health service said it was preparing for an anticipated rush of patients and it needed more beds. Just what you said, David, where's it actually coming from? I guarantee you they've got warehouses full of this stuff that no one's allowed to get anywhere near. Uh, the announcement comes just days after the Royal London Hospital told staff in an email that it was now in and I'm quoting here, disaster medicine mode and unable to provide high standard critical care. You've got empty hospitals. How on earth can you not provide high standard critical care? I was going to go back to the recruiting of extra nurses and staffing way back when all this began. Now, I know somebody who lives quite near to me and who is not, well, not related, but vaguely uh, related uh, in a sense who is a retired nurse who applied to for, for one of these jobs you know in in the uh, to, to help out with the crisis she pushed a couple of times to to get interviewed or get some information but at the end of the day they never ever got back and she, and, and you know so she gave up she said well you know if you don't want me I'm not going <laughs> to I'm not going to bother and she is a she was a senior nurse she still works for the NHS but they're not interested. They weren't interested then, and they're not interested now. Unlike the US, where the hospitals in the UK are all linked in some way to the NHS, admittedly, so there are some private hospitals, but even they form part of the organisation. And it's not uncommon for patients where a hospital might be full and hasn't got the, the right type of bed or the right type of ward for the particular person, for ambulances to cross county lines not to sell drugs, but to transfer patients to where there are the right type of bed, the right type of ward. So that doesn't seem to be happening. I would have expected the Nightingale hospitals, once they were up and running, to be filled with people who had COVID. When you look at the numbers of positive uh, of cases that were being reported where hospitalisation was necessary, it didn't happen. It didn't happen and it's not happening. Yeah, we're, we're, be we're being conned. 
we are being conned, but you cannot convince the majority pe- the majority of people of that. I'm all talked out on the hospital situation. It it disgusts me. Okay, you got any points uh, you want to make on the hospital situation yeah. before we jump subjects? I can uh, give you an example close to home of somebody who I know of personally who recently died um, in hospital um, and had had long term treatment for cancer. Okay been in and out for various procedures and treatment. Went in before he died and um, don't know quite how to put this uh, to go out as a broadcast, but went in before he died. And obviously when he went in, he was tested tested negative on the COVID thing. Um, He died, as I said, and around about three months down the road, his wife, the chap's wife, had a letter from the NHS uh, I didn't ever see the letter, so I can't be 100% certain of what it said. But it basically said that the NHS were not aware of his, his status with the COVID test, whether it was negative or positive. They had no record of it. But the nub of it is that she was asked if she wished to have his death included on the COVID figures, that would be okay. And he was tested negative. Yeah. Okay. I, I've heard this. We know that deaths are being logged as covid across the board. And the, at least in the United States, I can say as to why they're doing this in the, United, in the United States. I would imagine that it's not too much different in the UK, but I could be mistaken because I don't know for a fact. I have heard that that's why they're doing this in the UK as well. And that is, Bruce, can I bring you in on this one? When they take a hospital admission, uh, I want to talk about the, the prices here of what the health institution gets when it comes to uh, COVID. So that's why everything's being shifted to COVID. This is why we're seeing empty hospitals. You see one wing that's opened up and everything on its COVID because they're getting paid handsomely for everything that's on that ward and everything else is shut down. They don't need anything else anymore because everything's now been shifted to COVID. So my point is, is that when they log a COVID death, they get a lot more money. We're talking upwards of 100,000 per COVID death is how much they actually get if you combine everything that's compounded on the way up of each diagnosis. So Bruce, what do they get when they go into a hospital and and they get tested? If if it's just like uh, a positive test, it's something like seven grand or something like that they get from Medicaid or Medicare, whatever. And then if they're administered into the hospital, it's like 14 grand. If they're requiring uh, a ventilator, it's another like, what was it? 35, 36 grand, something like that. And then um, if it's a death, I, I want to say, isn't it like 50 grand or 45 50. or something? It's like 47,000 yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. or something like that. So my point is, is that this is a con job to rake in insurance money between big pharma, the government and the health institutions. That That's my point. Now, maybe that's why that uh, that question was posed to add to the, the COVID count to the grieving widow was because of, of that, because of the money. I'm just guessing. Well, I'm I'm not sure how that works how that would work in the UK because obviously it's a national health service it's free at the uh the point of treatment but not if it's being subsidized by Mr Gates and company well th- th- this is it maybe unscrupulous hospital or trust administrators this was quite close to home for me quite close the insensitivity insensitivity of it and the you know to actually write to, as you quite rightly said, a grieving widow two or three months down the road and suggest that 
her husband's death could be included in the COVID figures, basically, if she wanted them to be or if she permitted that. What was that about? What is wrong with our National Health Service that they didn't even know? They didn't know about the test. They knew he'd had one, but didn't know the result. I don't know where the letter came from, whether it was some central body of the NHS, the hospital itself. I don't know. Unfortunately, she had to fill this form in and send it back, and no copy was kept. But to me, that is absolutely diabolical that they would do that. But sim- simply on the basis of, as Marty quite rightly says, which I believe, just pumping up the figures. It may be that's what is driving those kind of falsification of figures in the States, blatant financial corruption. Here in the UK, it's highly unlikely that that's the case because of the way we pay for our healthcare. However, you don't know. Maybe certain hospitals that have had to bear the burden of the COVID crisis might be pitching for more money in next year's budget as a result of the number of COVID deaths it had to deal with. So there, there could be something involved there. But Getting back to David's point about where did this letter come from, they've decentralised most of the management of the NHS and they're all formed into trusts and they are now run like businesses. Well, there's certain things that should never be run like a business, in my humble opinion. That's your healthcare, that's prisons, and that's a police force. Those three things should never be run for profit. And unfortunately, that's the way we've been moved in this country in the recent couple of decades. Okay, let's uh, let's jump down to London. This being the uh, the new year. How was you guys' New Year's celebration? Did you guys have a good New Year's celebration? Bruce, what'd you do for New Year's? Did you have a nice celebration? Uh, I was painting. You were painting. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I didn't talk to you for a second on New Year's. Marty, what'd you do for uh, for your New Year's celebration? Did you have another funeral for a turkey? No, I didn't have another funeral for a turkey. We still had the gammon left from my pet pig that unfortunately passed. So... No, we didn't. We did nothing. We did nothing. We didn't go out. We didn't uh, really celebrate. We watched a bit of TV. We we were waiting for fireworks that never turned up. Oh, but they um, did. We, well, we did. We didn't get to see any. Oh, um, no, no. see, you're a little person. You didn't. You didn't get a chance to see any of those. No, um, I watched uh, Jules Holland's Hootenanny, which was rubbish. I've got to say, I can't stand jazz funk at the best of times. And they were all socially distanced, by the way. Oh, for God's uh, sake! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it was it was a boring non-event in my Mr. Hamilton. My experience. how? Yeah, yeah, Mr. Hamilton. How was your New Year's? Did you do anything special? Sat with the wife, socially distanced, of course, because she sat on one settee and I sat on the other, and, and we were a good two meters apart, so that was okay. Uh, I think I had one drink of uh, whiskey, Irish whiskey, I might say. And, uh, and ginger ale, and she had a tear Maria. Uh, we listened to the radio because I can't stand the TV. We listened to, um, what's it, smooth radio until I got sticked to death of hearing about hands, face, space, fresh air, uh, open your windows. And then we switched to some tracks on Spotify, which we listened to for the duration. And about, I think, about two minutes after midnight, we went to bed. Other Very exciting services are also available. And yeah. we are yeah, we are listed on we are listed on Spotify, we and we we appreciate I, that very much. I listen Thank to us on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, so yeah. For it. I'm not going to do that. You, you are at the front of my list on Spotify. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. All right. Yeah. Um, honestly, honestly. Okay. Well, that's that's great. That's great. Oh boy. Oh boy. It's Nigel. 
It, and we have we have Ned. Ned, how are you this evening? I'm fine. How you doing? Fantastic. It's great great to see you in here. Didn't how, think I was going to make it, but I hey. was I was going to ask. We were just going around the room asking how our New Year's celebrations were, but you were actually on for New Year's. You did your bonfire. Uh, yeah, I had a bonfire, and my daughter was up till gone half past four <laughs> in the morning. Okay. Well, we were talking about, matter, but that's yeah, we a were New talking, Year's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were talking about how we, the little people, you know, celebrate our uh, our New Year's. We're not allowed to have fireworks. We're not allowed to go to festivals or anything any longer. Now, see, if we were all politicians, uh, if we were all uh, degenerate politicians, then we could go to. Uh, uh, a celebration such as the one as they had in uh, in London and New York and in Berlin, uh, in Paris as well. I'm sure. Uh, not sure what happened in Paris, but just specifically, and we'll talk about New York here in just a second. But um, since we have three Englishmen and three colonials in here, this is a quite a nice balance we've got going on here. Um, taxpayers, the UK taxpayer, paid 1.5 million pounds for Sadiq Khan's woke New Year's Eve light show featuring BLM fist salutes and NHS tributes after he masterminded the event and worked with the BBC and the Met Police to keep it a secret. 10.8 million people tuned into the BBC One to watch the unannounced fireworks display that startled many people in London. Outraged Britain slammed the show as ridiculous after drones used EU colors, I told you, EU colors to make a shape of a BLM fist. Sir David Attenborough, helped narrate the display that used 300 drones to make the NHS sign, an Africa turtle, not sure what that is. Mayor Sadiq Khan was involved in curating the display and revealed that he had a budget of £1.5 million for the event. Viewers said that he had politicized New Year's Eve again, while locals said they and pets were scared by the surprise. This is just another example of how pathetic this guy is. And I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't mean to speak out of turn here. I mean, I know he's a mayor in uh, in one of your great cities over there. But um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. Th- this guy's a, a degenerate loser as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if you're out there and you're just as you said earlier uh, in the podcast, uh, David, if you've got the, the Met police out there taking uh, a knee to BLM, this is an even bigger knee by the mayor. Yeah, well, you know, what was the point of it? I mean, it didn't cheer the people up. It wasn't so, advertised either. If it was on the BBC, I checked. I checked to see if there were some fireworks on at midnight, and there was nothing. No, so, it was, it was just know. actually what you had on the BBC was a live concert from Los Angeles. Wait, was it a live concert? Uh, oh yes, yeah, so New Year's New Year's Eve rocking, rocking New Year's Eve with Ryan Seacrest or whatever. Yeah, all those idiots out there. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alicia Keys as well. She was, I think it was Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys. Bunch of trash in the gutter, Marty. That's all it was. Bunch of trash in the gutter is all it is. So they imported. It was rubbish. (laughs) It was absolute rubbish. You know, the question I posed on New Year's Eve was, is how did trash from the gutter get so much power in the country over there? I mean, who who seriously watches that except for these these woke idiots? And when I say these woke idiots, Marty, you saw the video I sent you earlier of the the, the scared to death woman with the face shield and the face mask spraying the spray bottle in front of her when someone yeah, walked that, past she, her on the she's sidewalk. Just a, she's just a crackhead. That, <laughs> that that was pure and simple, a crackhead. She's not a chav um, on crack then. <laughs> no, she, she definitely was a chav. Uh, she was wandering up and down the street with a, 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 a Perspex face shield and was spraying a bottle of disinfectant in front of her as she walked. Yeah, sorry, that's, that's just absolutely ridiculous. But we do have people like that, unfortunately, and I hate to say it, that had to be Britain. You could tell by the bad fashion and, and the dullness that that was definitely Britain. David, go ahead, your uh, your response on uh, the fireworks display of uh, 
of London? Well, I didn't actually see it. As I said, I don't watch. I'm not a TV watcher anyway. I wasn't aware that there was not a firework display, but I probably wouldn't have watched it anyway. I'm not that keen on fireworks. When you've seen one, you've seen them all. You know, the sort of news item, I think, of the Australian one, uh, New Zealand, I think it was, you know, earlier in the in the day, if you like, which came before ours. Um, and I probably wouldn't have watched it anyway. But uh, I just, as I say, listened to Spotify and um, we sat there looking around and then got fed up with the whole thing and went to bed. It was no big deal. But what you say Actually, about Khan, he should have been gone. He should have been gone last year. And I think he would have been if the elections had been held. He'd have been out. Wasn't he standing against his sister? Was his sister standing as well, or was she standing in the next election? Pass. Not interested. Whoever it is isn't going to do a good job, wherever it is. I tell you what we need to do. We need to ask GP about what he did. Yeah, you. You're muted, GP. You're muted. You can't be asking me questions while I'm working. <laughs> oh, man. We just want to know what you did for New Year's Eve. Did, did uh, you wear... Uh, I, I never think, traveled to San Francisco. I never traveled or used paint. You know what he was doing? Go ahead. You know what he was doing on New Year's Eve? He was at that party with all that trash from the gutter that I was talking about with Jennifer Lopez and Ryan Seacrest and all the rest of them. Ah, right. No, I just wondered if you put on your best caftan and uh, <laughs> you know, sat surrounded by wind chimes on a Californian hill and um, was yourself self-made Hang on me again. Is that what you do? No, no, is, no. Is, is that what you do? He's constantly looking at me. Is that I, I'm having a feel, I'm feeling attacked. Well, here. you spend all that <laughs> system and it's just easy to easy to hack. So, you know, yeah, I see that now. I've got to yeah, do yeah, some yeah. work. <laughs> <laughs> that monitor of security cameras just over your right shoulder back there is uh, is quite revealing. Yeah, that is yeah. a monitor. That is one of them. Yeah. Did you have a nice New Year's? Absolutely. Okay, that's great. Not. Go back to work now. So I, thanks I spent, for popping <laughs> I got to get more research done here. Yeah, I understand. I understand. All right. Um, but yeah, see, that's what was going on in London, right? But you, the little people, me, the little person, Bruce, the little person, right? We're not allowed to attend these things. We're not part of the elite. We're not part of the establishment. We're not part of this uh, this great reset. And we'll transition to that here in just a second. But New York, right? Mayor Bill de Blasio, the communist mayor of New York, he was out there. I would argue Sadiq Khan's counterpart of uh, New York City. Uh, he was out there with his wife dancing in Times Square. Of course, everything was shut down. Oh, a few people were allowed to attend, but you had to pre-register to attend uh, months ahead of time. You had to have uh, proof of negative COVID tests and you had to be masked and socially distanced in pens that they had set up. Uh, I'm not joking, in order for you to attend. Uh, and then, of course, then, of course, you could be there. Now, the media and everybody else, they were there and and they were drinking on uh, on live TV and everything. Oh, that was fine. That was fine. Uh, but they were out there dancing and, and having a, a good old time. But uh, we, the little people, we weren't allowed to be there. Berlin, the uh, the politicians over here, right? Same same group of entitled people such as them, you know, astute individuals, they were allowed to celebrate and be out and not wear masks and not socially distance and drink in public and stand at the Brandenburg Gate and put up barricades and be guarded by the uh, the police with uh, fully automatic submachine guns. I'm not joking. Uh, and then when, of course, when people walked up and said, well, we want to watch the fireworks, too, as they're going off behind the police officers, the police said, no, these fireworks are not for you. Really? The taxpayer are paying for those fireworks, so don't you have a right to watch them? I mean, I, I'm like you, David. I really don't care. Fireworks you are not actually, really my you thing. You just hit it on it. You just hit it on its head. 
don't you have a right to watch it? No, that, of course you do. It was a bla- it's a blatant display of saying you haven't got any rights. They just strip some more out of you. And that's it is. Well, uh, I mean, there's there's the proof for you. So you can walk up there and I can say, well, I don't care what you think anymore. I'll spend your money. You supply yeah, it. Yeah, they're flaunting it on I'll purpose. Whatever. Yeah, it's blatant. It can't be anything else. The- but but you got to understand that these guys who are doing it, your Sadiqs and everything like that, they're just nobodies and puppets anyway. They're disposable. People could get upset, kick them out, and somebody else will be in. So at the end of the day, it's just going to be who's in next, whatever puppet they want in there, it'll be in there. Now, it, this, I, I, it's a big move. I don't know whether this will make sense to you, but I agree that once you've seen one firework, you've seen them all. But I still yep. enjoy explosives very much. And uh, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, we used to mix different fireworks together, which, of course, you shouldn't do, and it's extremely dangerous. How I made it to adulthood, I do not know. You but, haven't. Um, We've been trying uh, to figure that true. out ever since you. Uh, since we <laughs> no, brought no, you no, no, no. <laughs> Hang on. I'm over 15. If you get to 15, you haven't grown up. You don't have to. It's the rule. But I still enjoy fireworks, uh, and I enjoy a nice firework display. I've been to some of the biggest in the world during my many years uh, being transported around the world by the Royal Navy and, and been to some pretty big displays. And some of the fireworks that I fired off my ship were pretty impressive too. We didn't need to go to a firework display actually on New Year's Eve because all we had to do was look out the window where some of our neighbours who are of the chav persuasion were firing marine flares into a grassy bank, which later caught fire. So that happens every year anyway. So yeah, we just barricade ourselves in and 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 hope that they'll go away. But when you think about it, New Year's Eve, the celebration of this New Year's Eve, we're not supposed to be celebrating because we've got nothing to look forward to. The ones that think they've got something to look forward to are these elite left-wing woke politicians who think this reset is going to work and is going to happen. And uh-huh. what? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh-uh. But they're the ones who believe they've got something to celebrate. Oh, they can believe that, my friend. But this year, this is where it starts. This is where it starts. If you thought last year, now, now see, we're just in the process now. That's it. Forget 2020. This is the transitioning phase. When I say transitioning, this is the time that the awakening happens. It's game over for these politicians. Their time's over. They've already tipped their hand. It's too late. It's too late. They're committed now. I've used the analogy. They've walked into a room and the door is closed and locked behind them. There's no going back for them. It's too late. Even if they were to stop now, and let me put this into perspective, even if they were to stop now, okay, the US government, the French government, the UK government, the German government, whatever, I don't care, right? We're all under attack by the same cabal of people. If they were to stop now, right now, if they just said, all right, we're done, right? This whole thing is is not working. We're just going to go back to the way things were. Would you trust them? And the answer is no. No, you're right. The answer is no. But how long has this... Right, David, you were one of the first people to raise my awareness of this whole thing. How long have you known about it or, or had an idea that something wasn't right with the way we, we were being governed and the way we were being manipulated? Basically, it all began for me in March. Sorry, let's get this right. In February, when my next-door neighbour was admitted to hospital, I think I've explained this to you before, after flying back from Spain, uh, and he became ill. He was admitted to hospital after a week's self-isolation when he gradually got worse. I spoke to his wife. We'd moved away from that area by then and moved to where we are now. I spoke to his wife and said, oh, you're back from Spain. How, how are you getting on? Did you enjoy your holiday? 
Yeah, but John, she said, is is ill. In fact, I'm trying to get uh, some help for him. He was told to self-isolate. I've been trying to get the doctor to see him. I've been told to dial 101. I've dialed one. Is it 101? I think I've got that right. I'm trying to get some help for him now. He's getting much worse. My worst to her was, well, you, you better call an ambulance. That would be the best thing, I think, and get him in the hospital. He went in a hospital uh, within probably an hour or so, you know, the, the ambulance being called. That would have been in the afternoon. She went with him uh, at 10.30. He left him, I believe, about 8 o'clock. At 10.30 in the evening, uh, according to the death certificate, he passed away. The only thing written on his death certificate was COVID-19. I later found out he had underlying condition of long-term angina, which he had tablets for for a number of years. That poor woman is still trying to find out whether or not, and they won't tell her apparently, whether or not he was put on a ventilator, uh, but there was no mention other than on his death certificate of anything else other than COVID-19. Uh, basically, that is where it began for me because I thought, well, hang on a minute, what is this all about? And then I started to look into it a bit further. The poor lady still doesn't really, she hasn't come to terms with it. She's 80, she's about 82, he was 80 uh, when he died. Yeah. So that began for me, and I thought, there's something not quite right here. Why aren't they telling her what she needs to be told? Why are they in, communicating with yeah. the widow? In the, um, in the early days of all, of all this, it does stink. But in the early days of all this, when we first started to talk about it, we'd already started to podcast, and we were podcasting on totally different subjects. We were talking about normal current affairs, things that were happening across the globe, and it was when this all kicked off. It was around about the December time, wasn't it, Johnny? That we started yeah, to was, talk about COVID. It was December, not this past one, the one before that. Yeah, because we yeah, were yeah. tracking this thing from day one coming out of China because we were looking at different sets of data. No one here was really even paying attention to it. We were on it from uh, from day one. And I have to confess that I was trying to be, you know, the voice of reason, saying, "Oh well, if it's happening, then." You know, we need to do something about it, so on and so forth. But that was only because the fakery of the the images we were getting from Wuhan uh, and the way that they were being portrayed in the um, in the mainstream media convinced us that there was, you know, it was a real serious problem. And perhaps it was for them, but was it for the rest of us? Because we're still looking at a disease that has got a ninety nine point seven survival rate. And you need to have a test to know you've got it in most cases. Otherwise, you'd be walking around without being aware that you've got it if the test results are anything to go by, because so many people who are asymptomatic are testing positive. And this is largely down to the fact that the PCR test is so flawed. Yeah, it's just what they have so, it set to. For example, Wuhan's open, right? That's supposedly the origin of this virus. They're open. They had wall-to-wall -wall celebrations of people in, out in the streets on New Year's. That was fine. But it's all yeah. about how they're using it. The, they say, oh, well, we're doing testing. There's not any cases. That's because you have your PCR test set to zero. We have ours set to one and a half trillion here in the West. You could test King Tut's corpse and he would test positive for this thing. Yeah, hell, he'd probably be patient zero at this level because that's that's what they're doing that's they're using the, the normal cycle bruce jump in here the the normal cycle for a pcr test was what the the recommended for this was um 25 to 30 cycles i believe and okay. currently 
they're running at about 40, 35 to 40. Correct. And the Germans are running at 45. That's why everything here is uh, off the wall crazy, because they've got the highest rate of cases recorded. They just re- reported it yesterday. The 22,000 new cases in a day. Where? Where? Can you can we get GP back? I know he's working, but GP, can you hop on for a second? The, these numbers that you're talking about, these mm-hmm. cycle rates, what does that mean? Tell me. Uh, tell cycle, me it's actually cycle threshold. Uh, it's, uh, it has to do with how uh, how many times they spin it to get down to the. They're magnifying the genetic material. So the cycle threshold is what they're doing is um, they're magnifying, of course, the virus until you get. I mean, if you're at 20, imagine, okay, the easiest way to think for for the simplest way to think of it, think of it like a microscope. At 20, you know, CT, you know, you're seeing it size of, let's say, a dime. At 45, you're looking at it like a dollar. But the problem is it's only viable at about 20. The virus is only viable. At 45, you're just getting genetic material. It doesn't mean that it's, it will even infect you. It's probably it's 90%, 99% of it's broken down by 45. So- they're just it's 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 horrible it's a, it's a horrible way that they're they're spitting it out too high can it you should be this, down in the 20s can you clear this one thing up for me then sure um because a great number of colds and flus viruses are coronaviruses if you've no, ever flu had virus, there's no flu virus that is a coronavirus no. okay so coronavirus no, is a coronavirus period right okay but if if you've had any form of coronavirus and they test you, is mm-hmm. there likely to be any of that genetic material inside your test? Okay, it depends upon the test. Okay, if you're looking at an antigen test, you're looking at a PCR test, you're looking at an antibodies test. I mean, I have a company that does all this stuff, and it's kind of fun. What I found is, okay, what, what you need to know is like the PCR test, which is going to be telling as long as you're shedding the virus, which is during this contagious period, which is going to be getting in your mucus and your saliva and a whole bunch of little places. That is where the PCR test is going to find this genetic material. But say you stop shedding the virus. A PCR test is going to say negative. You didn't have it ever because you just happened to coincidentally test after you've already shedded the virus. Well, this is where the antibodies test comes in. You've got, you know, you've got your, you go in and get your antibodies test and that'll tell you if you've ever had it. A lot of people that I'm finding Half now. I'm at half now. 50% have already had it. Yeah, at least I would say. But it's the people that are curious. See, here's the thing. You can't say half the population has it. It's the people that go, you know, I may have had a situation. And they're the ones that are more curious to get that antibodies test. These are more likely to be positive because they've had a, some kind of event in their past. And those tests are more to accurate. want them to get that test. Those Way tests. more accurate. Okay, so what's the difference? So we're looking, we're looking at an accuracy rate on an antibodies test of say like ninety nine, as opposed to a, Nine, well, a false- ninety seven to ninety nine. Okay, ninety seven to ninety nine. But we're looking at the same rate of false positives for a PCR test on the opposite end. And is that mm-hmm. because they're dialing it down to yes to forty five? Yes, yeah. Because you know, viable virus, vi- a viable virus, you're only going to get at your at your um, at your CT is going to be. That that threshold is twenty to twenty five. Anytime you go higher than that, you're just getting just pieces of material, and you're just expanding on it. You're not getting so you're going to have these false positives, and it's ridiculous. Even the guy that invented Alice or whatever, I can't remember. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Yeah, he even said it should never be used as a diagnostic tool ever. It's not designed to diagnose an infectious disease. It's not designed for that. But they changed Torsten, the doctor over here, Torsten. They changed it. They changed it to where now it is used for that. 
See, they just changed the underlying purpose for it is all they've done. That's how they're able to get away mm-hmm. with it. Well, it creates a statistic, a statistic they can use. And that's what they want. Absolutely. It's a lie, I just looked at the, I just looked at the that death what they Absolutely. That's it's agenda. It's agenda based. Everything is agenda based. Yeah. I'm in the field. I'm in the field. Yeah. And we're I've got innumerable amount of tests done and colleagues that are in it. And then they're on the research side. And when they're doing these PCR tests, we're finding these people that were positive on PCR tests. We do their antibodies and they don't have any. To clarify then, uh, what your answer to, Mart, the coronavirus with these PCR tests cannot be confused with a flu virus, a cold, the common cold, no. or anything else. No, no, no. They're looking for a specific genetic material. It's genetic marker. You got, you're, you're looking for exact material. It's not like you're looking for you know, some broad spectrum, like just the word like tissue, you're, you're actually looking for a specific, you know, the specific virus you're looking, you know, it's, it's, so, um, so it's what very specific. Happened, what has happened to seasonal flu this year's seasonal flu? Um, well, COVID came in and eradicated it just through the mass production of COVID hysteria. So yeah, flu doesn't exist. It stopped. Um, no, actually, the flu is out there a lot. I've uh, we've got my clients, and I've got a few, uh, quite a few people that uh, I've gotten back to. That have gotten back to me, and some of the uh, collectors that um, a lot of people just have the flu. Yeah. Lots and lots of people are having the flu. If if um, it's like a person that wants to um, meet a friend of theirs that's got cancer, and they cannot meet them until they've had the flu jab, mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. Eight days later, they have their first COVID jab. And then I think it's two weeks, they have the second one. So they have to go through the flu and the COVID. Yeah. So they have to go through the rigmarole of having flu and COVID too. Mm -hmm. So they can actually buy what's liberated. You know what they also don't tell you is after you've gotten the vaccine, that you can actually get exposed to COVID and actually be converting to COVID. Exactly. And be spreading it also. This is this they, is they don't tell they don't they don't tell you all this fun fact like the flu no. shot. Oh my god, I got the flu after I got the flu shot. No, you just happened to get the flu and get the flu <laughs> shot at the same time. Yes, because it lowered your immunity. That, it's interesting you bring that up because they're saying now that the UK has this new mutated strain or whatever that they they concocted this crap because it's look anytime you get close to a solution they move the goalpost they change it oh well look the next one's here so uh, everything here's uh, everything that's been done up to this point is irrelevant well we have a a, a quote cure all vaccine now right an mRNA vaccine first and foremost it's never been approved before. It's never been shown to be effective towards a coronavirus. Now, all of a sudden, we've got these miraculous vaccines that are somehow going to make everything back to normal. And it's your ticket to get back into society. (laughs) Yes, Ned, that was my thought, too. But (laughs) the uh, my my point is, is that they've come out with these vaccines now. But yet all of a sudden now there's this uh, there's this new mutation strain that they're saying is 70 percent more contagious or whatever. And I don't buy it, by the way. And a lot of your politicians and a lot of your health people that are asking for proof of this don't buy it either. And they're not getting any proof of it. However, the U.S. is reporting cases of it. Of course, now it's everywhere and, you you know, all this stuff. But then you ask, well, if that's the case, then the vaccines that have been developed, well, those should be irrelevant now because they're not going to work against the new strain. Oh, no, they still work. Mm. Well, wait a minute. Wait, 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 hold on a second. Well, then if that's the case, then why do we have to get a different? Well, we don't have to. But why do we get a different flu shot every year if that's the case? Because everything that's based on the flu shot, they pick the four strains. I believe it's right, GP. I could be wrong. They pick the four most prominent strains and then they cultivate based on that and come out with the flu jab every year. But 
my, my point is, is, well, if the flu mutates every year and we have to get a different one for that, well, then why does the one that they've come out with all of a sudden, well, that's going to be just as effective against the mutated strain. It's, it's complete nonsense. It's crap. I've only, read, I've only read one article from the new scientist about COVID-19. And what it was saying was that this protein spike is very similar to the, the cell attacking protein within HIV. We've got GP, although he's busy right now, so he probably can't answer this just at the moment. But if that one element is what they are creating inside the RNA vaccine that causes our own cells to replicate it, allowing our immune system to identify it so that it can be attacked when it encounters it again, then that RNA vaccine may still work. But that poses a couple of questions. One, how did they know it's the HIV spike? How did they manage to do it so quickly? And, you know, this mutation or this this new variant, has it got the same uh, protein spike? which can be identified. Those are the questions that we need answers to. Those are the questions that the people who stand up there at the government briefings from SAGE, they're the things that they should be telling us if, it, if it's true. I mean, the, the normal flu jab has got something like a 40% efficacy, and that's, that's it. So this new RNA vaccine, they were quoting figures of 97% or even a hundred percent success rate. There's yeah, there's a reason for that. GP was exp actually explaining it to us. They're actually they took the normal immune response that you would norm that you would have naturally, and they stacked it on top of whatever it would be. So they've basically they could say that about a flu jab, right? If it's got forty percent, they could take your immune system of being fifty plus percent on top of it and say, oh, we've got a ninety five percent effective flu vaccine. That's all they've done here. Yeah, yeah but you still you've still got to remember that even if you take a vaccine, like GP was saying. If you, if you do take vaccines, you still might get, whether it's the flu or whatever, yeah. depending on when you take it. But the problem with that is if your natural immune system kicks in and the vaccine kicks in at the same time, you still have the possibility to have a real high a reaction to it like a virus. And this is the biggest problem that they know one of the, because it hits your respiratory system. And if your system is not balanced, and that's why the um, people that are not as fit or don't eat properly and they're not in a, a, a certain health condition, their system, their system can go over the top and that creates your own extra inflammations. So your body will actually join the enemy. And this is what has been happening with the early COVID people as well. Well, a lot of them, uh, particularly the, the, there was a high number of people on that cruise ship in, in Japan who were well into their 70s and 80s because people of that age can afford and have got the time to go on cruises. And um, <laughs> say again. Said I can't. Yeah, I bet you could if you wanted to. He owns the cruise ship. He owns the cruise ship, yeah. <laughs> go ahead and finish your no, point. I was just going to say, no, I haven't yeah, had a chance to slag off Klaus Schwab all night. We're, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that in a second. Go, go ahead and finish your point. Bruce wants to say something, and we'll round off with Boris Johnson and Klaus Schwab. No, I, I have no further point. In fact, I'm pointless. Crack on, Bruce. <laughs> so uh, to your point about the HIV uh, spike proteins, we found some research in the very beginning of this, in the early days, of some white papers talking about this. They, they had done some research and, and basically they sequenced um, SARS-CoV-2 and found that 
it did indeed have the HIV spike proteins, you know, the targeting proteins, if you will. If this is what the virus, or, or excuse me, if this is what the vaccine is targeting, wouldn't it stand to reason that this vaccine would also work against HIV? Well, that that's a thought that has crossed my mind, that if it can identify that spike protein or that protein spike, then yes, why why won't it work against HIV? Yeah. No, it, apparently it, it won't. GP is GP has come back in. Here he is. Save us from us. As soon as you said <laughs> that, he ran back in. He ran back I in. He's like, I've got to stop this and shut this down right now. <laughs> All right. Again, before he tells us how it is, the reason that average people like us don't know is because they are not giving us all the information and they are treating us like idiots. So, yes. GP, please save us from ourselves. Okay, think of each virus like a screwdriver head. You've got your Phillips, your flatheads, your stars, your squares, your diamonds, all the different types of flatheads, and that's how these are going to be targeted. They're they're different. You can't, just because the vac- vaccine is the word screwdriver doesn't mean it's the right screwdriver for each virus. They're, Tell that they're to Bill Gates. Well, they're built differently. And yet he, he, he understands. He actually has a great understanding of virology, a great understanding of virology. Mm-hmm. But um, just because he's a computer guy does not mean he's not educated in. But also, GP, design. that also gives it its own little floor if it's more specific, point specific against yes, other but, strains of the virus. Okay. And then, okay, let's say, okay, it's just because it's also like, say, a Phillips head, mm-hmm. it may be smaller than your screwdriver that you have. So it's not going to work anyway. But you've got to understand the, the the how different each and every virus is and how it reacts and how you're able to, because you can't kill a virus. If anybody doesn't know, you can't kill something that's not alive. It's like killing a Tonka toy. It's like killing your car. You can't kill your car. It's already, it's just a, it's a machine. And these machines have, uh, you know, they're built, each one is built in its own wonderfully unique fashion. And it, it each has their own little, uh, you know, cause and effects of what they do. That's it's fascinating. But yeah, you're, one vaccine to be just because it has some commonality to HIV does not mean that this vaccine is going to work against HIV. I mean, Agreed. they're and so different enough. I, I, I agree and understand the, the the point I was bringing that out is they're telling us that they, it has the similar spike proteins yes, as um, HIV. And they're telling mm-hmm. us also that these uh, vaccines are targeting that specific part of it. So, mm-hmm. it, you know, as as Marty was saying, being as someone that is not educated in this, that's the conclusion mm-hmm. we come to. And because it doesn't work, it creates mm-hmm. a um, conspiracy around it, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, it propagates misinformation. Well, I think that's well, part of the reason. Say- I think that's part of the reason is is they're not telling people. So it's perpetuating conspiracies. They're not leveling yeah. with people. As soon as you try to shed some light on something, they change everything absolutely everything so you don't actually figure out what's going on and they just keep everybody in the dark and keep feeding we're like mushrooms right we're kept in the dark and we're fed a bunch of well you get the idea yeah misinformation and lack of transparency well i was gonna i was gonna use a more i was gonna use more colorful word there ned but we are a family show and and you know we're yeah yeah yes all right let's uh let's go ahead and round off here uh and get into uh let's talk about boris johnson here for a minute boris johnson of course the uk prime minister you guys are officially out of the european union or as i told you on the phone earlier today marty i said you're out of the frying pan into the fire by that i mean this tweet here and of course you have politicians such as sadiq khan who put up uh you know, a firework display with EU colors and supporting the same causes that they do and things of that nature. So like I said, out of the frying pan into the fire. And notice, it doesn't matter 
rather you're in the UK, it doesn't matter if you're in uh, the, the United States, Canada, Germany, France, Netherlands, doesn't matter because they're all using the same agenda. Exactly. To the letter. Curfew times even. All the way down to that. Prime Minister Boris Johnson put this tweet out, and I'm just quoting from his Twitter feed. I think, Marty, you're actually on his Twitter feed. He put this tweet out on New Year's Day. He said, proud that the UK is taking over the 2021 presidency of the G7, hosting both the G7 summit and the COP26, don't even know what that is, will make this a hugely important year for global Britain. And I look forward to welcoming our friends and allies as we beat COVID and build back better from the pandemic. Now, everybody knows what build back better is, right? Build back better. And Johnson knows this, right? Boris Johnson knows this. That's the slogan of the World Economic Forum and their uh, their great reset and their uh, their fourth industrial revolution that they want to control by keeping the rest of us in abject servitude by stealing everything we've got. That's all where this is coming from. And so you're going to sit there and you're going to tell me that you guys are really out of the European Union, but you got a lot of comments on uh, on that tweet, uh, and some of them were <laughs> I can't repeat here because of the uh, the language that was involved. But some things like uh, you deliberately destroyed things for your World Economic Forum and Chinese masters. Build back better uh, bollocks. I think we can say that word. Could you all please stop scaring us with your build back better joke? Thank you. Build back better is the slogan of progressive technocracy, which it is. Why don't you come clean with people and let them know what it is that you want? You market yourself as a conservative, which is preposterous given the policies you promote. More fascism, more taxes, more authoritarianism, rot in hell. And it goes on and on and on. Let's weigh in one at a time. I tell you what, David, let's start with you since uh, you're, uh, you're you're the guest on tonight. Let's, uh, let's hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, I've heard the build back better thing from various, well, certainly from Boris Johnson, from uh, Mr. Trudeau, from Klaus Schwab. Uh, this seems to be the mantra of the, as you say, the, well, it is the mantra of the WEF. And therefore, I would agree with all that if I was on the uh, Boris's Twitter feed, there would, I'm not on Twitter at all, but if had I been on there, there would have probably been worse language used towards Boris Johnson, who every time I comment on any of his Facebook posts, I get a um, top fan badge awarded in spite of the fact that I'm slagging him off. I must have had about 10 from Boris Johnson in the last few months or weeks and months, and several from other members of the uh, the cabinet and from MPs. Uh, but yeah, Build Back Better is the World Economic Forum. He's in on it. He's uh, on the bandwagon. And I don't like it. Every time I hear Build Back Better, I think of Bilderberg, which is the big group involved in all of this manipulation. And then, because of the way my mind works, I think of the Build-A-Bear factory, which is an outlet in most malls where you can make your own cuddly toy. And what that involves is choosing what clothes your bear's going to wear, choosing the colour of its fur, Getting and then stuff. stuffing the bear <laughs> full of stuff. And that's what I'd like to do to everybody I see who make that clasped hand gesture and say, build back better. I'd like to take a big load of, I don't stuffing. know what you call it, stuffing, stuffing. and yeah. stuff them with it. That's what I'd like to do. You know, Marty, you, should really, you should really come down off the fence and tell us what you really feel like. Well, I told you that the other night. I said, I think you should do the same. But yeah, yeah I'd, I'd like to make sure that they couldn't say build back better because they had loads of man-made fibers shoved down their throats. <laughs> and what would Ned, you got anything? You got anything you want to say on that, Ned? What had happened? They just put another puppet there. On that little tweet that you mentioned where somebody said, what was it? 
tell us what you really mean. Actually, it should have said, yeah. tell us what your masters really mean. Well, someone, someone did because say that. They said you deliberately destroyed things for your WEF. Yeah, someone did say that. They said you deliberately destroyed things for your WEF and China masters. Yep, he's a nobody. And that's what they'll put somebody else in there, and they'll just get replaced. Obviously, Boris being the most prolific pram filler in the Eastern Counties and, and London, he's got kids that he needs to secure their future. You know, he's got, I, I don't know, maybe... maybe getting close to a dozen children. I, I might be way out there. It could be 100. He needs to make sure they're going to live the, the comfortable elite life. And perhaps the only way he can do that, to be fair to them all, is to sell out to the new world order. And I yeah, think but that's what in he's the, done. In the, tr- in the truth of it all, though, he's just a puppet. If he's that stupid to think that when somebody thinks his time is up, that check's not going to get written again, and that money won't be coming in. It's as simple as that. He will be disposed of and put on the wayside like anybody else. But they all don't believe that's going to happen to them. You know, that, that's, 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 the, that's, well, we hope it will do, but it's going to take an awful lot of people to wake up, please, and stop following like sheep. All of that noise on Twitter, on Facebook, I'm guilty of doing it myself because every time I'm scrolling through, I see something that incenses me. I believe the word is triggers. I get triggered by it. I'll put a comment in, but they really don't care because they firmly believe they've got all the aces and we need to start taking those aces away. Question is, how? Well, I've said this on on a previous podcast. Stop buying online. Stop living your life in cashless. Support your local businesses, not the big conglomerates. But of course, all of these restrictions that have been put in have forced um, small businesses out. Small businesses out. They've forced us to buy online because we're stuck in our own four walls. And people like Bezos, who's all part of it, they just get more and more money into Amazon, more and more money because people are spending time on social media, sat there staring at their phones, spending and basically providing them with all the information about us that they need. That's not just. It's not just about money, is it? It's how do we get rid of people like Johnson, the slimy Mr. Hancock, and a few more of, of, of that ilk. How well, do we get rid of them? Well, the only way to get rid of them uh, immediately would be to vote Labour in. But most people don't want that either, because political parties are the anathema that has, has plagued us for so many years. We need independent politicians, people who can't be bought because they stand on independent footings, so they're not part of a party. That's our problem, party politics. But see, that right there, and, and I agree with your solution, you and I have been talking about that for, for years now, is, is that it's going to have to be that. But it's going to have to be that on the other side of this. And when I say the other side of it, we're going to have to go through this, as horrible as that sounds, but it's going to have to be this. History shows that what we're going through right now cannot be reversed. I mean, I I could be wrong. If we were to reverse this, if we were to somehow or another reverse this, then it would be the first time in human history that it has been reversed. And I'm talking about the attitudes of abject control of a population. This would be the first time. This is their last chance. This is it for them, for for the, if you want to call them elites, right? This is it. This is their last chance. Even Prince Charles himself, I've got a clip of him right here saying it, that we have an unprecedented but very small window of opportunity, and we must use all levers at our disposal to make sure that this happens. Because if we don't do this now, 
we may never have a chance to again. And he's absolutely right. They won't have a chance again. This is their last play. This is the final revolution for them because they're not going to be able to stop us after this. But your solution, Marty, is correct. That has to be it on the other side. It has to be the parliaments of independence. No more political parties. If anything, this time right now is proof that these parties... All they do is block people up and divide people. That's all it does. They don't actually represent people any longer. They can be bought too easily. And it becomes this political machine. It's the same in the States. It's the same in the UK. It's the same in uh, in whatever, the European Parliament system, same way. But that's it. The, the EU, just to see how bad a thing the EU actually is, instead of 27 member states running their countries with their own sovereignty, you've got the European Parliament acting for all of those countries and, yeah. uh, and, and the solved. EU Commission making the decisions. Uh-huh. So our choice to leave was the catalyst because if we were still in the EU, they may not have done what they've done with COVID and their agendas. Now, we may have been facing it a few years down the line, but because it's precipitated the New World Order's grab of power, if we'd have still been in the EU it would have been so much easier because you pass one set of laws via the EU and we all have to comply. So we would talked about it earlier on in this podcast, Trump's election, our choice to leave the EU seems to have precipitated this evil plan. My question to you earlier on, David, was when you were talking about from March, as far as COVID, you knew there was something was wrong. What I really meant was because you've talked to me about it a a long time before and before Brexit even, you had an idea that this kind of new world order existed, did you not? Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But but of course, I've never been politically minded. But the fact that, yes, I did mention that to you before, but the COVID thing triggered, well, prior to that Brexit, I mean, I've waited four years for Brexit, which has been fudged, absolutely fudged. And we really are free. But yeah, I've always said there's something not quite right. But COVID following Brexit was a real big trigger for me. And that's one of the reasons I'm on here this evening. In fact, this afternoon, if you're in the the States, I just feel incensed about the whole thing. But we have got another three years before we have a general election, as far as I can see. And I can't see the 1922 committee kicking Boris's backside out or Matt Hancock out at the moment, because it's the Tory party and they all stick together. So yeah. I just cannot see any way this is going to go in a hurry. And in particular, if Trump gets deposed by Biden, yeah, and Biden gets in, I can just see it all going totally down the path. Yeah. Um, Johnny made me read or he made me buy, and I've, I've skimmed, <laughs> a very big book by uh, Carol Quigley. Um, what was it called again? The big book, Tra- Johnny? Tragedy and Hope. Tragedy and Hope. And to understand what he's written in Tragedy and Hope, you have to buy a much smaller book, which is called... The Evolution of Civilizations. And in those two books, if you read them, and they, they, they were written quite some time ago, he's predicted the cycle of a civilization. And we are in end game now, and... The trouble is, people like us, we've got too much invested in current society to be the activists that we'd perhaps like to be. And we are going to have to rely on our useful idiots to kick it all off. 
And you're correct. That can happen in the very near future. You're correct. And and what I was saying before we started, I said the Great Reset will trigger the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening will then it's it's going to be a chain reaction. Will then trigger the Great Rebellion, and it's going to have to be. And I'm not saying us, okay? I, I'm not that. I'm not that narcissistic. <laughs> I'm not saying us, but it's going to be people with our similar ideas that are going to have to make it through this, we need to come out on the other side of this thing because we need to rebuild civilization. We have to start over. We're going to have to start over. There, there's no saving this. So we're, we're going to have it's, to start over. I've maintained for a long time with the refugee crisis, the first people to leave a civil war struck country are the middle classes, all the professionals, the doctors, the lawyers, the engineers, because they can afford to run They've got savings, they've got money, they can get out, they can pay £7,000 per person to get across the channel in a rigid inflatable boat, and they'll wind up on our shores. One of the predictions of the World Economic Forum is that we will have to accept our Syrian refugees as our future CEOs. And it's been part of the plan all of this time. That question that Johnny posed to you earlier, David, about what was your opinion on personal gun ownership before we started recording, it's all the more important now for the future because we haven't got guns in the UK. The only people who've got guns are the bad people. So we're going to be hard pressed to do any kind of large scale rebellion, aren't we? So it probably won't happen here, but we have to wait so. and see what the rest so. of the world does. Everyone's waiting on America's set. Okay, everybody's waiting on that. Everybody's waiting to see what the US is going to do. Trump goes back in, these people are going to get torpedoed. And that includes the BS deal that was ripped through in the middle of the night on New Year's Eve by the EU and the Chinese Communist Party. Oh, yeah, that happened. Were the people of Germany consulted about that? Were the people of the Netherlands consulted about that? Were the people of France consulted about that? Spain, Italy, any of the rest of you? No, no, you weren't. That deal is going to get torpedoed. The U.S. takes back its sovereignty with Donald Trump going back in for his second term, which he dutifully won, I might add. Uh, now, you can argue safe harbor days and all that crap, but we're going to have a showdown on Wednesday in the U.S. Congress. And we're going to do this by the letter of the Constitution. That's how it's going to be. Now, I know that's not going to be very convenient for all of you traitors on the Hill, but that's how it's going to be. They don't want anybody opening up those votes and having two-hour debates per state laying out all that fraud. No, 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 no. They don't want that. But the fact is, is that if it's not shown to the world, and they have to be televised, by the way, the whole world's going to see it. They don't want that to happen because... This is now going to call into question every single, quote, elected official in not just the United States, but in other parts of the world. Are they really elected people? Did we really put them in there? They don't want any of that. See, the U.S. topples this fraud with the sellouts on both sides, Republican and Democrat, in bed with the communist Chinese. The Canadians will fall like dominoes. The Europeans will fall like dominoes. And everything in the U.K. is going to collapse. All of it. So they have a vested interest in keeping Biden in there. But see, they can't have another Trump election. Economic populism is the is the anathema to the World Economic Forum. It doesn't fit. So it's got to be taken out of the game. Same thing with the UK. Brexit, it's like it never happened to them. So they have to erase it from history. They're trying to memory hole everything at the moment. But uh, make your last points. Uh, we'll go around the room, finish up points, and we'll call it a night. Well, with all the doom and gloom, and there's been a lot of it tonight, I'd rather have ended with a song and dance, but our, our listeners don't deserve to be, you know, exposed to my singing voice and they couldn't see me dance anyway. So all I'll say is we'll still be here. We'll still be talking about these points. And 
I just hope that we're reaching some people and making them more aware so that they're part of the struggle against it in the future. I'll just say that this is my first time on here. I will be back if I'm invited. Absolutely. I would like to be more optimistic. Hear what you say, Johnny. Hear what other people say. But and, and generally, I am an optimist. I have been in the past. I was optimistic uh, about Brexit, albeit we went through struggles to, to get there. It's a long time since I was pushing leaflets through people's doors, encouraging them to vote for the uh, the right people and to vote for, for Brexit. Um, but I'm not sure how long, at my age, how, th- how long this optimism can go on, given the fact that we are where we are with lockdowns and everything. And, and, and at the moment, I can see no end to it. But um, this is certainly, from what you say, what hopefully will happen on Wednesday in the States. I hope that this will um, change. This will change. Maybe this is now something I've got only a couple of days to look forward to, and let's see what happens. Ned, do you got any final thoughts? Who, me? The bright light in the darkness? (laughs) No, Princess Margaret. (laughs) Oh, take my dress off then. No, you've got to remain optimistic. There's no point being here if you don't. Basically, the only thing that can happen here is the people that listen have to talk to other people, have to talk to other people, but only say what you believe and talk with passion. Look for the facts. All its stuff is out there. Listen to GP. He's quite amusing. I love him. <laughs> I know how you feel. I love me too. <laughs> I can't get over how clean we shaven he is. He we must talk about it. Look, look at him. He's all red and he's all no. shiny and everything. He's yeah. Look at him. He's Your um, moisturizing routine is obviously working, mate. Well, I mean, I spend a couple hours a day on it. I mean, oh, do you mean GP? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I meant GP. This time, this time, you do look like it, Johnny. You do look like you spend several hours manscaping I do, that. Uh... I, I, I do, actually. I mean, I, I'm very, very passionate about how I uh, how I take care of myself. I shave once a week. You shave once a week? No, seriously, um, guys. shave once a week. Have a good new year. Oh, absolutely. You start. too. Yeah. And it's a new start, isn't it? So we got to try. It is, right? Yeah. But I have uh, to uh, give everybody the answer to the age-old quote. Oh, sorry, I was going to jump in. No, here. no, no. I tell you, go ahead. Go, for it. It's you, all yours. go ahead. Do do your point, and then uh, we'll get to Bruce. Oh, you know and, what? Let's uh, have Bruce, because mine is so serious, I need to make sure this is last. Is it? Okay. I, honestly, I, I, I don't really have any real points. I mean, just as we said, uh, talk to others. Make sure you have the facts right before you go out. Don't propagate any kind of conspiracy theories. As we pointed out with the uh, uh, vaccine and everything, it's that easy to get the wrong information. Um, so make sure you get the right stuff. Um, really dig in and look at the research yourself if you have to, or you know the the actual um, <laughs> information. Don't look at what other people are saying. Don't take what we say as uh, the gospel truth, if you will. Look in, look into it yourself, and find out. Yeah, well said, Bruce. Well said, and I I have to follow with that because that is the absolute truth. You have to find, and I I found a truth. Oh, God. And I know you all are- What did I do wrong? Listen listen to Bruce's words. You know, reach out and search yourself. Find the answers yourself. Pineapple belongs on pizza. Okay, Jive said it. <laughs> oh, that's. I like. I actually <laughs> said that. I love Hawaiian pizza. That was yeah, I, I do love pineapple on pizza. Is yeah. actually good. Yeah. I, I, I have to admit. Unless you're a pineapple. The thing, uh, thing about pineapple is it contains an enzyme that digests fat. 
So mm. in actual fact, it makes you digest all that cheese and the mozzarella and everything much more easily. There were a group. Oh, I won't. I won't bother with that story now. But yeah, pineapple does belong on pizza. On that you point, should you put grapefruit on it? Because that does the same. No, Ned, you're a weirdo. <laughs> now, now, what are you going to say? Next, you're going to say kiwi. What the oh, heck my. is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Four billion Asian people cannot be wrong about pineapple. Uh, right. It's actually, I had something the other day. It was good. It was actually surprisingly yeah, pi- delicious. Pineapples. Pineapple is fantastic. It, and especially when you get the ones from Hawaii, they are unlike anything oh. else. I, mm-hmm. I kid you not. I, I still remember the Hawaiian pineapples. They are completely different from the Costa Rican pineapples. Completely different. Okay. I like that. Go ahead. You mentioned there. You mentioned there. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned there. Uh, not you. Not you. Yeah, not you. Not you. You mentioned there, David, about being uh, optimistic, and you you don't know uh, how how much longer you can be optimistic. You know, this is a long fight. This is a long fight. This is not something that's going to be over soon. I wish it was going to be over at 12 o'clock tomorrow, but unfortunately, it's going to take a little bit longer than that. This is a once-in-a-generation fight, and if I had to guess, I would say, and I know you're probably not going to like this answer, but I would say we're in this one for the long haul, but there's going to be an accelerant to it. I think that there's going to be... Uh, a few more years of this. But I think this year is going to be pivotal. This year is going to be uh, kind of, um, it's going to determine this year which way we're going to go. And I'm more optimistic than not. And the reason I'm more optimistic than not is because I know history and so do the rest of you. And history only shows that these people don't win. They don't win this. They lose this. It doesn't matter what they do at this point. They're going to lose. It's just a matter of how badly they're going to lose. Right now, at this current time, we have the ability and we have all the precedents to try these people under the Geneva Convention and the Nuremberg Code. Just those two things right now. But more than that, they're morally bankrupt. They're degenerates. They're losers. I, I talk about that all the time. They are losers. Look at these people. Look at people like Bill Gates. Look at people like Klaus Schwab. Look at these politicians that go out there and they do their bidding. Do these look like happy, fulfilled, satisfied people to you? They couldn't sit here and have the kind of conversation that we're having with this kind of energy. They couldn't do it. Why? Because they are nobody. They're nothing. And as soon as people understand that at a larger scale than what they are now, then things are going to start to change. As Marty said before, you need at least 60 percent of the populace in order to start to turn this. We're about 40, 45 percent. This year, I think, though, as the higher tiers come in, tier five, tier six, tier seven, right? And as things continue to progress here on the mainland and as things go in the U.S., that tide's going to start to turn. As I said, it's a chain reaction. Great reset, great awakening, great rebellion. So it's going to happen. It's going to happen. If they would have done this in 2012, I I talked about this before we started recording. If they would have done this in 2012, I think they would have had more success than what they're having now because they had the whole network in place and they were able to do that. Now they're not able to do it. You've got more people awake now than you did back in 2012. And I think that's on our side. So it doesn't matter, again, what they do. It's just a matter of how long they're willing to endure. Right now, it's a war of attrition. We push, they push back. We push harder, they push harder on that. It's always this. It's successive approximation. We're being held under what's called siege, ancient form of warfare, thousands of years old, but it's been brought to the modern age. 
They're using corporations to leverage out our rights. GP and I talked earlier this year. He says, well, the corporations aren't socialist. The corporations will do whatever. That's what I told you at the time. I said, they'll do whatever they need to do because all they care about are profits, 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 bottom line. They don't care about anything else. They'll do whatever it is they think is going to earn them those profits. And as you can see, they're on board with Schwab and company at the World Economic Forum. All these unchecked corporations, most progressive groups out there, if you want to call them that, they're being leveraged to take our rights. Mom and pop are being shut down. Main Street's being shut down. Small businesses, corner stores, pubs, all of it being closed. Major corporations, they're allowed to operate because they're on board with the agenda. But it's going to be their undoing in the end, too. So it's not going to matter. It's not, it's not going to matter. None, none of this is going to matter. They already know that they're going to lose. They're just flaunting it out there in front of everybody now. While the people cheered, Rome burned, right? That's what they're doing. They're in the last days. You can call it in a World War II analogy, Brexit, Donald Trump. That was Normandy. They're in the bunker in Berlin. We're closing in. They're in that bunker mentality. What were the Nazis doing at that time? They were partying. They were fighting armies of things that didn't exist, right? Bring it up to the modern age. They got all these hospitals and the trash in the media that degenerates. They're a disgrace. That's a fog of war. Don't pay any attention to any of that. They're fighting armies of COVID cases that aren't even there. They're having to manufacture it. They've lost their minds. Now they're just sick and insane, and they're seeing how many of us they can take down with them. That's all they're doing. So don't lose hope, my friend. Don't lose hope. And you are welcome back here anytime. We're here every night, Sunday through Thursday at the same time. So we're out of time tonight. It's been a fantastic conversation. I know we ran over a little bit, but I mean, we had a lot of us in here tonight. First podcast of the year. Great to see all of you guys here. It's been a great year last year, and and we're starting off fresh this year. I, I can't say enough about it. Uh, it's been it's been absolutely phenomenal. We got a lot of new voices. We've got a lot of new listeners, which means all of you listeners out there are doing your jobs and spreading the word uh, and telling people about us, and we appreciate that. We're on every single platform going, as long as they'll have us, <laughs> with the exception of SoundCloud. But uh, we're also doing a little bit of the social media thing, some of the alternative social medias. I'm on Parlor. You can get in contact with me on Parlor at Anderson 3 You can get in contact with Marty on Parlor at Marty Foster. If you want to reach out to us and you don't want to do it on social media, drop us a line anytime via email at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And as we said, pass us along to friends, family, and known associates. We're trying to grow our audience, but we need your help in order to do that. We're just trying to promote good, healthy conversation in and amongst people's circles. And we're trying to tell the truth as best we can and present it to you. And I, and I know that that's, um, that's, a, that's a rare thing to come by these days. I talked earlier this year. Well, well, or I can't say earlier this year because this is the beginning of the year. I talked last year about how we're going to have our integrity be the only thing that matters. Right. That's all that matters. Look at the news media. They're nothing but liars. That's all they are. They, they just peddle their half-truths and, and nonsense and disinformation. Our integrity is all that we have. We don't have multi-million dollar operations. God, I wish we did, but we don't. We're just average people, same as all of you. But it's what we do and how we think individually that allows us to come together and present that integrity and give it to you, the listener. So if you could pass this along, we would appreciate that. Again, we're available everywhere you get your podcasts with the exception of SoundCloud. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts, give us a rating at your earliest possible convenience or any other platform that has a rating system. Give us a rating on that platform as well. We would appreciate that. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. That's all for tonight. Gentlemen, I want to thank all of you. I want to thank all of the listeners. And we will see you guys next time. Adios. Adios.